Greetings from Christendom College. A happy Easter to you all. Christ is risen. He is truly risen. You know, experience in maintaining joy, particularly this time of year, uh, in the midst of these difficult times we're going through, is so important. And it can be difficult. But perhaps I thought today we could take some comfort from part of our Catholic history. The year was 589. It is a year that witnessed multiple disasters throughout the entire Roman Empire. In particularly in the Italian peninsula itself, there were unprecedented floods, villas out in the countryside. Entire farms were washed away and destroyed. In the city of Rome itself, the Tiber overflowed its banks, destroying numerous buildings. What was particularly disastrous in the flooding of the Tiber was that the church at that time had some of these huge granaries where grain and wheat were stored primarily for the relief of the suffering of the poor in the city of Rome. In these horrible floods in the winter of 589, those granaries were completely destroyed by the floods, washed away. Terrible situation to be living through everywhere. As a result of the loss of those granaries, there was widespread hunger. People lacked basic food. Now on top of all this, a horrible pestilence broke out due to the flooding. And Rome itself, we are told, truly became a city of the dead. Contemporary records tell us that virtually all business transactions in the city ceased. Streets were empty. You could seldom even hear a human voice reverberating in the streets of that city. The predominant sound, we are told from contemporary records, was the sound of wooden cartwheels creaking through the streets, carrying seemingly countless numbers of corpses who had died from this horrible pestilence. Corpses were to be taken outside the ancient Aurelian walls of the city of Rome for burial in common graves. Evidently, there weren't enough healthy people, people in good health, to give and provide an individual burial. We've seen some really difficult things in our history. What compounded matters even worse, February was bitterly cold in 590. It was wet, uh, bitterly cold, horrible winter, and that made everything just so painful Pope Pelagius II, who was the Pope at that time, died right in the middle of February, in the midst of this horribly severe winter. The church was left fatherless, as was the city. And I know what that feeling can be. I remember I, when I attended the funeral mass of Pope John Paul I, uh, I remember the rain pouring and splatting on the little wooden coffin as the great bell in St. Peter's tolled out mournfully, the sort of dong, and there was just a sense of emptiness and loss. Experienced the same thing at John Paul's funeral. Even though there was an appreciation for the greatness of that life, there's something about losing a pope while you're in Rome. And what a horrible thing it really is to be fatherless, to not have a father. In this incredibly desperate situation, the people of Rome and the Roman church turned to a great man to a great leader, a man of a deep and profound spirituality who we know in history as Pope Gregory I, or even better known as Pope Gregory the Great. Now the horrific plague was continuing unabated 
And what did Gregory do as the first thing after his election as Supreme Pontiff, or in his own words, as Servus Servorum Dei, servant of the servants of God? He called upon everyone in the city, whether you were a member of the clergy, nobility, or ordinary lay folk, to come together and join him in prayer. An enormous penitential procession was planned. It started in each of the seven regions of the Eternal City, where these seven deaconries were. And they would all process throughout the city, and they would end each day at the great Marian Basilica up on the Escaline Hill, the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore. For seven days, these fervent prayers and supplications, and what were they praying for? First thing they were praying for was pardon for sin, that they would be forgiven of their sin. And the second thing, they asked for an end to the horrible pestilence which was devastating Rome and Italy at that time. Now at the conclusion of the final day of the procession, as Pope Gregory was ascending up the enormous steps that took you into the old St. Peter's, he turned around momentarily to look back at his beloved city that was suffering so terribly, and he beheld an incredible sight at that particular moment. We are told he saw an incredible vision. On the summit of the pagan emperor Hadrian's tomb, he saw this image of a magnificent angel that appeared to be St. Michael sheathing his sword, indicating that this great prayer, the prayer of all the people turning to God, seeking his mercy, a prayer seeking repentance for sin and forgiveness for sin, and a petition for deliverance from this pestilence had been heard. And that's what that vision communicated. And to this very day, if you go to Rome, a statue of great Saint Michael sheathing his sword stands on the top of what is now called Castel San Angelo, the castle of the Holy Angel, recalling this incredible gift that God gave in his mercy to the people of faith. Now it's a great story and it is a true story taken from our Catholic history and our Catholic past. But it's the common patrimony of all humanity because our faith is a universal faith. What can we draw from this? What kind of lesson can we take and appropriate in our lives today? The incredible power of repentance. We don't hear that word very often, repentance. Humble and fervent petition for deliverance. You know, in this Easter season, as a faith-filled people, we really need to be repenting of our sins and pleading with heaven, pleading with heaven, imploring particularly the Blessed Mother under her beautiful titles, help of Christians, health of the sick, Mary, comfort of the afflicted, and yes, of course, Queen of Christendom. We need to ask her to intercede in her maternal love for each and every one of us, imploring the infinite, compassionate, the very tender heart of her dear son, who is the King of Mercy, especially now as we are approaching the great Feast of Mercy. First of all, above everything else, to heal our spiritual wounds, because there is a primacy of the Spirit. We need to pray for forgiveness of sins and to heal all of our spiritual wounds. And yes, of course, to end this pandemic uniting our joyful, fervent prayer with that of the Vicar of Christ. And like Pope Gregory, we will live to see an end and a crushing 
of this horrific pestilence which is affecting our world at this time. So let's unite together in prayer and seek forgiveness and seek an end to this deadly disease, be inspired by Pope Gregory the Great and his tremendous example and that of the people of Rome back in the year 589 and 590. A blessed and joyous Easter season to each and every one of you. God bless you. Thank you.